0: Welcome to The Zip Files, a weekly technology news catch-up show. This week, I've been consuming tiny beers and making parallel turns in the French Alps, but the world of tech has not slept. In this instalment of The Zip Files, our long listen worries about China turning into a dystopian mass surveillance state, akin to Orwell's nightmarish vision. Around that, I'll quickfire pepper you with all the most interesting tech news of the last week. And we're also chatting with my friend Ollie. He's a great dude with wise bones. Anyway... Without further ado, buckle up, close your eyes, and mop up your morning tears. Let's get all caught up with tech. Apple issued an internal memo warning their employees not to leak information to the media. In it, Apple writes that 29 leakers were caught last year, and of those, 12 were then arrested, Indeed, leaks are serious business, or rather, can have a serious impact on business. I quote from the memo The impact of a leak goes beyond the people who work on a particular project. It's felt throughout the company. Leaked information about a new product can negatively impact sales of the current model, give rival companies more time to begin on a competitive response, and lead to fewer sales of that new product when it arrives. Wondering how I know about this internal memo? Well, it was leaked, of course. There's an old adage that harks back to the gold rush days. If you want to get rich, don't try to dig up gold yourself, just sell shovels to everyone else. Coding is kicking off and has been for years. There's loads of jobs in the sector, and billion-dollar tech startups are being birthed from garages worldwide. And so it follows that today's shovels are tech skills. That vision has seen countless tech schools pop up worldwide. This week, one of them, General Assembly, was acquired by ADECO, a Swiss staffing and workforce development company, for four hundred and twelve point five million dollars. Now that's quite a few gold nuggets. <laughs> What's invisible but you wish people could see?
1: Invisible, but I wish people could see. Ah, oh, goodness, that is tough. <laughs> it's tough on a man with a badly firing brain. Um. Oh God. Do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say love. I reckon. Oh. Go, I'm going with love. I'm going for it. <laughs> go for yeah, it. <laughs> they'll get me in the comments, but that's all right. Um, yeah. Just for, you know, if you're a person who finds it hard to express your feelings, maybe it'd be good if there's some kind of visual aura about you. Coloured pink, I imagine. Or maybe like a deep burgundy. Like, <laughs> that'd be good. <laughs>
0: Coinbase, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, has never had a chief technical officer. That's CTO for short. They've raised over $225 million. They're a tech company and they haven't had a CTO. To me, that seems a bit strange. Anyway, they've got one now. Coinbase has acquired Earn.com, a site where users can earn and spend Bitcoin. Coinbase, who booked $1 billion in revenue last year, are rumoured to have paid $100 million for Earn.com. What they have really bought, though, is Earn's CEO, Balaji Srinivasan, who will become Coinbase's first-ever CTO. Srinivasan's top priority will be strengthening the tech team by attracting and recruiting top engineering talent. Netflix announced in Monday's earnings report that it is still crushing it. The company blew past domestic and international subscriber growth targets, adding 7.41 million subscribers in the first quarter of 2018. The news saw their share price rocket up 6% in after-hours trading, What's driving the subscriber growth? Great shows and loads of them. In recent years, Netflix has become a top-tier studio in its own right, something which has the rest of the industry squirming. Take Cannes Film Festival, for instance. They recently decided that Netflix productions aren't eligible for awards. This seemingly protectionist measure is unlikely to affect Netflix much. They plan on spending a whopping $8 billion on content and to release 80 original films this year. Amazon Business, who sell products in bulk to their business customers, have decided against entering the drugs business. It had been planning to sell and distribute pharmaceutical products direct to hospitals and other medical providers, but has realised that neither they nor the world is ready just yet. According to people familiar with the matter, it has been harder than expected to convince hospitals and the like to shift how they source such supplies. They have preferred to stick with long-tested and established supply chains. Even if they had been willing to take Amazon up on the offer, Amazon would need to have built a more sophisticated logistics network to handle temperature-sensitive pharmaceuticals. The company will continue to sell other, less high-risk products, like gloves and stethoscopes. Shares of pharmaceutical companies shot up on the news. Welcome to this week's Long Listen... George Orwell's 1984 imagines a London ruled over by a totalitarian regime, one that has countless sleepless video cameras spying on its citizens. If you fail to adhere to the government's rules, then the thought police will swiftly swoop in and sort you out, and not in a good way. You're not allowed to have close friends, keep a diary, or fall in love. It's a dystopian vision that I'm sure none of us would want to live through, except maybe Kim Jong-un. Until now, the level of mass surveillance imagined in the novel has been a technical feat gracefully out of humanity's reach. But we're an innovative bunch of atoms, us humans, and we're getting worryingly good at making surveillance systems. SenseTime, a startup based in Beijing, recently raised $600 million at a valuation of $3 billion. They are now the most valuable artificial intelligence startup in the world, having doubled their valuation in only a few months. SenseTime, are amongst the core of artificial intelligence companies that Beijing hopes will drive them to become the world-leading centre for AI by 2030. You might have guessed what SenseTime do, what their business is. The 1984 intro maybe gave it away. Note to self: be more mysterious in the future. SenseTime develops face recognition technology that can auto magically identify people from pictures and video footage. From a technical point of view, this is really awesome work. Harnessing artificial intelligence to accurately identify people from less than crystal clear video is very impressive. The company's technology is already being used by Chinese police. A couple of weeks ago, a fugitive was caught at a music festival in Jiangxi province when security cameras recognised him, thought to them silicon selves that yes, this is that bad man who committed economic crimes and alerted police. The man was shocked when he was scooped up amidst a crowd of over 50,000 people. But he should have known better. He should have read his tech news. Last year, 25 wanted people were caught at a beer festival when cameras at entrances flagged them to security. And then seven more were caught by police in Zhengzhou testing out sunglasses with built-in facial recognition tech. By the way, quick disclaimer, um, there's a lot of Chinese words in this article and I'm not very good at speaking the Chinese, so apologies, I'm definitely butchering the pronunciation. Catching criminals with this kind of technology doesn't seem too sinister. After all, criminals are criminals. But what happens if crime takes on a broader definition? Can we trust an undemocratic state to act responsibly? Shouldn't some degree of privacy be an inalienable human right? Indeed, this tech has its critics. Civil libertarians are already reporting that facial recognition systems have been used in Xinjiang to track activists and oppress minorities. Oh, but don't worry too much. SenseTime's co-founder, Sue Lee says the tech will, and I quote, not affect privacy because only authorised persons can access it. Yeah, but who is doing the authorising, Mr Lee? That's correct, not the people you're surveilling. Until now, SenseTime's systems have only been able to work on a relatively small scale. To rectify this, the company is developing a new service, Viper, which will be able to interpret 100,000 live video camera feeds simultaneously, Let's think of something else. It's not any less scary, though. China are developing a social credit system. It's already being tested across three dozen cities, and the government has promised to roll out the scheme nationally by 2020. China says that the system, which mixes traditional Western-style credit scores with more expansive and 1984-esque measures, will help promote trustworthiness in its economy and society. Get a speeding ticket and you lose five points help out your family during a period of unusual difficulty, and you gain 30 points. On the surface, the scheme seems pretty cool. It effectively formalises the consequences of social niceties and not niceties that we perform in our day-to-day lives. Citizens with high social credit scores enjoy perks, such as more favourable bank loans and cheaper heating bills. Citizens with low social credit scores find life quite difficult, not being able to buy high-speed train or plane tickets, amongst other punishments. Rongcheng is the country's most successful trial city for social credit. Here, the citizens have embraced the scheme because they see it as sensible. At the moment, the system only deducts points for breaking the law and only rewards people for verifiable and documented acts. The people appreciate its precise punishments and generous rewards. Indeed, it is complicated to criticise China's forays into social credit because in many cases it addresses legitimate concerns and does so elegantly. Some think we shouldn't worry about it, that social credit is not all that novel, that it is just formalising the way the party already operates, automating existing controls and the monitoring of Chinese citizens. But there's something wrong here, something that doesn't feel quite right. Just listen to the scheme's founding doctrine. Allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven, while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step. In a time when the Chinese Communist Party are becoming more and more present in the lives of their citizens, it is hard not to see social credit as another tightening of freedoms. China has long experimented with social control, but it has never had the technology to meaningfully support such a system. In times gone by, citizens might have been encouraged to spy on their neighbors, an encouragement that never really scaled very well. But soon China will have a plentitude of artificially intelligent video cameras able to do the spying for them, and this will scale. It is not hard to imagine that information captured by the country's surveillance network will feed into people's social credit scores. In a country that already does its best to control the thoughts and actions of its people, it is not all that exciting to think that their ability to coerce is only set to get stronger. It is estimated that in less than two years, China will have more than 600 million CCTV cameras. That's more than one for every three citizens. George Orwell's 1984 was published in 1949. Perhaps it's time for its non-fiction sequel. the most important thing to
1: you the most important thing to me um all right um family and friends i think having not just a decent support network but just people you can talk to and you know go over stuff with just have a good time with i think that's hugely important Mm. and socialising and talking to people sharing ideas, all that stuff is essentially my oxygen and I think without family and friends, if I was living by myself in Siberia I'd struggle yeah. not just, you know living in Siberia aside, because <laughs> it'd be f***ing cold and I've got no practical skills <laughs> I mean I'd be dead within the hour but um, yeah, on a purely social aspect Isolation would be a bad thing. So, yes, family and friends.
0: Benevolent AI, a company based in the UK that uses artificial intelligence to find new treatments for diseases and rare cancers, has raised $115 million at a $2 billion valuation. Benevolent AI's tech first focuses in on a particular disease, finds targets that could be vulnerable to drugs. And then designs the drugs to go after these targets. The team tests these novel combinations out in their labs. At the moment, the six-year-old company has about 20 drugs in development. The company and investors hope that at least a handful of these will pass clinical trials. We wish them the best of luck. We covered Tesla's precarious situation a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and things haven't got any better for the electric car startup in the meantime. This week, Tesla temporarily halted production of its Model 3 sedan in order to improve automation and address bottlenecks. This is the second time the company has done this in two months, as it struggles to get anywhere close to production targets. On top of this, Tesla are facing scrutiny from health and safety regulators amidst accusations that their manufacturing processes are dangerous and that Tesla has failed to report serious injuries as legally required. The United States and China are on the brink of a full-blown trade war that threatens to disrupt global supply chains as well as business investment plans. A trade war is a situation in which countries try to damage each other's trade, typically by the imposition of tariffs or quota restrictions. This week, the United States took a big step towards this unhealthy future as they banned American companies from selling software and parts to Chinese telecoms equipment maker ZTE Corp for seven years. This is devastating for ZTE, whose products are built around American components. The company, which makes smartphones and telecommunication networks, fired back in a strongly worded statement, threatening legal action and calling the move extremely unfair and unacceptable. If this situation cannot be resolved, then ZTE may not be able to survive. Trading of ZTE's shares was suspended on the news. If you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, whose would they be and why?
1: someone else's shoes? Figuratively. Um, Okay, yeah. As opposed to just wearing someone's shoes. Do you know what? I'm going to go for another basic answer because of the aforementioned non-firing brain. I'm going to say Donald Trump. I'd like to see how much involvement he actually has. Like, how much is he actually doing? Also, all this chat about, you know, him having a terrible diet and that actually leading to him being a psycho and things like that. I want to see, like, you know, how much his day-to-day life is actually running the country and how much of it is just smashing cheeseburgers and going on Twitter and (laughs) trying to provoke nuclear powers. (laughs)
0: Facebook are asking their users in the EU to agree to the social network's use of facial recognition technology, consent that they need to gather to comply with the EU's new data protection and privacy law, GDPR, that will come into effect on the 25th of May. However, critics argue that Facebook's methods of obtaining consent are dishonest and manipulative. Instead of giving users a binary yes-no option, they ask them to accept and continue, and hide the don't-allow option behind a series of obscure click-throughs. Whether this tactic is GDPR-compliant is dubious and probably requires a redesign if Facebook wants to avoid fines. Lyft, a ride-sharing company worth over $11 billion, announced their commitment to becoming carbon-neutral. The plan to go carbon-neutral worldwide will cost Lyft many millions of dollars and make them one of the top voluntary purchasers of carbon offsets. It involves the direct funding of emission mitigation efforts, including the reduction of emissions in the automotive manufacturing process, renewable energy programs, forestry projects, and the capture of emissions from landfills. Like a human proposing to a human on Valentine's Day, Lyft announced their commitment to the environment on World Earth Day. And it's done. (laughs) It's over. You can open your eyes now. Take it all in. Hopefully the tech world around you makes a bit more sense. You're all caught up. If you enjoyed the show, then please share the zip files with a friend. If you hated it, then please share it with an enemy. Also, sorry to be hashtag that guy, but if you're feeling bright and breezy, happy and friendly, then rating the zip files five stars on Apple Podcasts would help me out massively. I love you all. Until next Sunday, enjoy your oat milk lattes and have a great week.